Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Mignot, CEO of the experience agency, D-Flash. Each episode, I bring on different business leaders who are doing some game-changing work. And this episode, I am so excited to have Michelle Harmon Madsen, who is a CMO of AccuWeather. We're going to talk all things weather, marketing, and everything in between. This is going to be a great conversation. Take a listen. Hey, Michelle. Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me. Sure thing. I'm excited to talk to someone about snow and weather. <laughs> like so cheesy outside here in New York right now. Well, that is a perfect topic because there's snow and cold weather all across the U.S. So we're a perfect topic for today. And that's perfect sense. It's, it, it is the thing we have to do. So the first question of the podcast is always the same. And I'm always fascinated by the answers. So, Michelle, what was your first job? You know, um, it, it, I'm, you're making me smile. I know it's a podcast, but, but I have to laugh because my first job was one of my very good friends growing up, her family, um, her mom owned a bed and bath shop in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And so it was a beautiful store. And, you know, um, I, of course, had gone in it before, but I certainly never shopped there, right? And so she asked me if I would come and work with her one summer um, to attract new customers. There, Where it was located um, in Lancaster, there was a big farmer's market, a big downtown market, um, and it was beautiful. And so people would flock all over, tourists, as well as, you know, um, people who lived in the area to come and go to the market. So I, my job was to walk around with this basket filled with um, mini hand soaps. And so they were like shapes of shelves and leaves and things like that. And so I would walk up to people and offer them a little hand soap and then tell them about the store and let them know where it was. And so I had never done anything like this before, right? And so um, I remember walking up to the first person who me was like, you know, kept walking past me because they were in a hurry to go to the market, right? And then this, the second person I walked up to, you know, asked me for directions on how to get to the market. And then, then it was, so of course, right. And then the third person was like, oh, I love that store. And, you know, it was like, oh, it's one of my favorite stores. Um, and then I started talking to more and more people. And when people didn't know the store, they would ask me questions. And so I realized I needed to know more about the store. And so as I'm also realized that if you hand them this beautiful little soap, some people thought it was candy. So I'd have to stop people before they ate the soap. But it what was really fun. It was just, it gave me my first experience of, what that importance of a one-to-one relationship is with your mm -hmm. customer. Because when I got back to the store every afternoon, my friend's mother would then quiz me on what did people ask about? What were they interested in? And she would literally change the, the big front window of the store to include some of those things. Because it never occurred to me that you'd actually take that advice, right? And then put it into practice. And we literally would have people show up in the store that afternoon saying, oh, my gosh, I was looking for. And she's like, oh, here it is. And so it was really kind of amazing how she, you know, took that opportunity to say, how can I bring in new business and clients do it with a little bit of that one to one marketing. But then she really took it to heart and what you needed to do in the in store to make it be the right kind of experience. So that was really my first job. But I, I will tell you my then first internship. And this will be quick for you. I worked at Macy's. Um, in the buying <laughs> office, and I bought young men's clothing, and, which was because I didn't know anything about young men's. I was like, okay, here I go. But what was so interesting by that is, you know, it was all then about thinking about 
your customer, both from historical, like what did they buy last year? Because we were shopping like for holiday season because this was in the summertime. And um, and so what did they buy last year? And you knew because some things you had to have a little trend, but yet not too much for them. And so you could take a look at like, all right, how many black pants versus khakis versus, you know, I don't know whatever different styles we had at that time. But it was really interesting because you, you the focus was knowing your customer. And so when I think back about those first two jobs, I don't know if I would have figured that out until later, but it was so obvious that that was the focus. Like you just really had to have your pulse on what was happening with your customer and what was important to them. And both of those jobs really took it to heart. So it was a great place to start. Wow. It's like both of those jobs also, again, set you up for your future career because understanding the one-to-one nature of customers, understanding customer service, getting to know who your customer is and delivering what your customer actually wants before they even know what they want is literally what you have to do now. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I couldn't have planned it any better. And so no. until you asked me that question, I was like, oh my gosh, like I would have never in a million years saying my job of handing out soaps would lead me here, but here we go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it is, you know, it's, you know, I guess I'm almost, what, almost 200 episodes of this podcast and Every single time I ask this question, the job that people kind of pops into their head and the one they talk about always correlates to what they do now, whether it's something that they learned where it's like, okay, never doing that again, or yes, this kind of helped me set up for my success, or I, I hadn't thought about this, but yeah, like my customer service job now comes in really handy today. Uh, and so it's, it's just a fascinating kind of bit of like uh, uh, kind of looking back at where you started to see where you actually got to is, is always really fascinating. It's, it's funny, you're immediately making me think of, I always give advice to like young people to say like, just take the job. Like they're like, oh, it's not the perfect thing. I'm like, no, just go try it. Cause if you don't like it, now you've got a story about why, what you don't want to do, right? So exactly. I love how you're, yeah, I love how you're thinking about it. Yeah, just take a job. I have, I have, had, I had so many when I was younger and indelibly left a mark in terms of how I treat people and, and the things that I do. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it, it, it absolutely had a huge impact. So, okay, so we go from, you know, being a buyer for young men's clothing at, at Macy's to now. What was that career journey like? <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know if I would have planned it like this. Like I think back, but you know, I, I, it was really kind of fun. I was very fortunate that I've worked with a lot of, you know, great brands. Um, and so I started really media, entertainment, e-commerce, and now weather. Um, and so when I think back to media, I, I worked with, you know, brands like Men's Health and Women's Health, Runner's World, Parents. Like they were brands that had great content and great stories and. Um, really had audiences that were super passionate about, you know, the brand themselves and the subject. And then when I worked in entertainment, I worked on American Idol and So You Think You Can Dance. And to me, you know, American Idol was, of course, like, at that time, the, you know, the pinnacle of family entertainment and just entertainment, <laughs> right? Oh, God. And so I, I always used to laugh, like, you know, we had people, like, we had fans from from five to 105. I mean, literally, like, it was shocking to me, like, you know, the vast amount of people who loved it. And it was funny when you'd have, um, you know, meetings with someone who said, oh, gosh, you know, I'm not a fan of American Idol, we'd still spend the first 15 minutes of the meeting talking about it, because their friends or their family or someone they knew was obsessed with it. So it really was kind of a fun property to be uh, associated with. And there was just, you know, a lot happening just because it was such a center of, of what was happening with entertainment. And then um, I worked in the food and e-commerce. And that was for a company based here in New York called Fresh Direct. 
And um, what I loved about that was it was one of the very few um, online grocers that really focused on fresh. I mean, that's really what they were about, which was unlike most other um, online grocers who are really more about pantry and things like that. And I'm a big foodie. And so I love that because it was a great opportunity for me to say, we're focusing on fresh, but all these other CPG brands are great match to it because you need that, you know, in your whole pantry and everything. So that was fun. But I'm I'm really loving being on the weather side because I who would have known? But you know, I think it's a little sexy over here because um, when you get to work for the global leader in weather and the world's most accurate source of weather forecasts and warnings, like it's kind of fun. So I'm I'm really excited to have joined um, AccuWeather last year. Awesome. And obviously you must be obsessed with weather. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But it's fascinating because I think, you know, there's all this confusion about weather, climate change, global warming. And, you know, I think for a lot of folks, it's like, I just want to know, is it going to rain tomorrow? So how do you as a CMO sort of kind of serve all those different questions, especially at this unique moment where everyone's home and can ask lots of crazy questions? You know, I think you you hit on something really fantastic because when you think about, you know, listen, we all want it to be 72 degrees and sunny outside, right? But that's not always the case. And so what I've lately have been saying really, weather means different things to different people. And um, what's fun being part of a, a purpose-driven organization, and I really say purpose-driven, because we're actually in the business of saving lives and protecting property and helping people make the best weather impact decisions. And that's what we do every day. And so you know, because we, we want you to turn to us in the sun, but we know you're going to really need us if something else is going. And so it is that constant, um, you know, mix of we want to make sure you've got the smartest information, but we also want you to be taking advantage of it when you can. So when I said weather means different things to other people, I think about it of, you know, we were, we, Laura and I were talking before the call and we both said, you know, our offices um, are kind of close to one another. And when this is all done, we'd love to get together. And so I'm thinking, all right, when I'm out and my computer commuting to the office and it's raining, what does that mean for my commute? So that's one way. If I'm a farmer and it's raining and we're watering my crops, that's another totally different meaning. And now imagining that it's raining so much, you've got to think about evacuating your home for floods. And so we need to be there for our our users, for our audiences, for our clients every day when that's happening. And so to me, that's really the exciting thing is how can we make weather be interesting and relatable and help you plan your best day, whether that is your best day and you're getting to go sledding or you're getting to go to the grocery store, you're going for a walk, or you're having to make some prepare for some other plans. So it's it's that constant challenge and that's the exciting part for me. That's so and it's so true because it's like it, it everything is going to change because you know obviously we had the year of COVID where you know we're all stuck at home. But then people obviously still had to go to work and still had to be, you know, at the mercy of weather in a, in a, in a way because, like, that's the way they had to deal. And if your crops are going to get destroyed because, you know, you have to sort of be inside, like, all this stuff is um, interconnected in so many unique and, and fascinating ways. What do you think is, like, the, the thing you've learned the most so far in your time at AccuWeather? Oh, my gosh, the thing... Um, well, you know, I, I have to say this year, and there's, I mean, gosh, I feel like with a year of COVID, there's so many things you've learned, but I would say one is um, communications, and I would say that's because it's everything from really 
really connecting with your team. And for me, you know, it's, it's building those relationships internally. I always think about number one is, you know, our, our employees, but I also would say for me personally, it's about, you know, my family or whoever's, you know, close to surrounding you. And I think this year is a year where we've all had to take a moment to say, okay, who else can I be reaching out to, to make sure they're okay? Um, particularly because you can't always be there physically. And then how can you treat them in a way that's a little bit better? Because, people are having a hard time. And so um, I've got a, a, a woman who just came back from maternity leave. So she's got a newborn at home and trying to go back to, to leading um, her business. And so, and I'm super excited for her, but I'm also like, gosh, like I want to be a little gentle with her. It's okay to get her back coming into, you know, mixing up hours a little bit. How can we make it work for her? You know? And so I think this is a time and that's why I'm thinking communications. It's, it's just about being, um, reaching out to people, you know, talking to them about this and how can we make things get better? It, I think that's, it's, it's so true because like, you know, we've all reinvented the way that we work and, you know, we're like, oh, what do you mean virtual? Like you have to come into the office. You're like, well, actually, no, I can yeah. run a company from my couch and comfortably yeah. doesn't mean I want to do that, but it means I can. And that leads to all these different opportunities for, for, programs that you can launch and uh ways that you can communicate and also the expansiveness of um the, the things that you can do because no I, I feel like nothing's local anymore you can now you go national or you go global if you want to you don't have to think about just being in your one location and the types of programs that you might want to launch no that's that's really interesting because i even think about you know um you know we're, as I'm thinking, we're expanding the team in some ways. And so um, our HR team even asked me, gosh, do they need to be located, like, for instance, in New York? And I said, no, for the right person, I'm happy for them to be located in other places. But I will also admit, you know, as soon as I say that, I'm, I'm really looking forward to rubbing elbows with people in the office again um, at some point, because I think you do miss out on those opportunities to be able to connect with people and um, talk about things you wouldn't otherwise, like more spontaneously versus the planned, you know, Zoom call or, um, or meet. And so I think there's, there's advantages and disadvantages, but I think you're onto something like, I think as a society, I hope we've learned that we don't have to always be physically there. I think there's some advantages to both. Yeah. I was having a conversation with someone earlier today. It was like, is business travel over? Um, because we've all now effectively done our jobs without flying to another city to go and have that meeting with that client, with that agency, um, for that pitch, uh, and how that changes everything as well. Like, what will you actually decide to go on? Which conferences are really, really worth it for you to go to versus the ones that I can just tune in virtually? Yeah. No, I think it's going to be, I'm, you know, I think it'll, my gut is, or at least maybe it's where my hope is. I hope it's a mix because I don't know if we need some of the frequency because I, but I certainly think there's value in having those one-to-one. I mean, literally even sitting over and having a meal with someone versus just having a meeting. Like that's, you get to learn a lot more about someone. And even though you could say you can see the dogs and the cats behind, you know, in the video, which I, you know, <laughs> you got, we got to all love those. Um, but I, there's something to that connection. I mean, we are, we are, we are certainly connected social people. And so I hope it doesn't go all virtual because I, I think I'm, I'm afraid it'll be too boring for me otherwise. Oh my God. Yes. I mean, as someone who produces a virtual events, I'm like, can I have my live events, please? I miss them <laughs> so like, oh my God. 
Like but, I want to build my whole pop-ups again. <laughs> yeah, no, and but I'm with you. But I love the I like to have a balance of some things virtual and some things in person. Like that, I actually think it's kind of fun because sometimes you can't make the the in-person event, and so to get to experience it, hey, that could be kind of cool. But um, it'll yeah, I, I'm with you though. But I I do your pop-up events. Even saying that makes me smile. So I'm with you there. I, I miss those days when you're planning that kind of stuff. Oh my gosh, yes. So, you know, for a company like AccuWeather that's, you know, been around, around for such a long time, where do you all see yourselves going now? Because obviously, again, we're now a flattened world. Well, I, you know, what I think is great is at the heart of AccuWeather, and Mefric, you know, the, the founder is the CEO, he's, he's 58 years, and he's still running the company. And oh, wow. um, yeah, he's, he's, he is talk about a force of nature. I mean, so when we think about the future of the company, I mean, we are firing on like many angles. And I think that's the thing that's really exciting. There's never a dull day, but I'd also say it's really based on kind of the foundation. And, you know, he would say to you, listen, the name AccuWeather is about accuracy and weather, you know, AccuWeather. And so when we, when he really talks about um, superior accuracy, it isn't just about giving people the right temperature on the right amount of precipitation. It's really about how are we best using big data and AI, before it was called big data and AI, um, to really provide the right kind of information. And so when we think about the company, it's we have over 100 meteorologists um, at the company. We've got journalists, designers, developers, all collaborating. So it's not just the 170 models or whatever the number of models we have to tell you about the weather. It's it's about that expertise that we're providing. And now it's about that layer of better communications. Because back to your point of, you know, making the most of your day, how can it be the most compelling, best presented um, content across all platforms so you can make the best decisions? And now it's about the focus on impact. And what I mean by that is, um, and this is really, I think, critical for around the globe, and that's why we focus that way, is if I say it's going to rain, you know, let's say it's going to snow two to three inches in Minneapolis, there's probably already, I don't know how many inches of snow on the ground, and people in Minneapolis will be like, okay, got it, no, no big deal. But if I say the same two to three inches of snow is going to happen in Atlanta, and oh, by the way, it may shut the city down for the day because overpasses right. are going to freeze over and you will be stuck in your car. I mean, that literally has happened. And that's a whole different scenario. And so thinking about how what we have to communicate with people is much, much different. And so, um, and that's really the heart of where superior accuracy is. And that's why I'm, I'm really excited about it because there's so much more we can be doing. And so even as we think about New York, and we're both New Yorkers, so I can say this to you, you know, many times people will say, oh, the, what the weather is going to be in Manhattan versus Queens or Bronx. Well, in reality, we've got hundreds of neighborhoods and that's how we look at it. It's down to your address. So we want to deliver actionable hyper-locals forecasts for your address. And that's really what the difference is. And so as we're looking for the business to expand, we're, con we're continuing to do that around the globe. And we're also continuing to introduce new features and innovations that continue that same kind of mindset of superior accuracy of the expertise and communications and the impact. And so um, even this, um, just a few weeks ago, we actually rolled out four hour minute cast. And what's super cool about that is, is you can literally go to your app or go to the digital um, accuweather.com 
And you can see for the next four hours exactly what the precipitation is going to be in your area. And that to me has been perfect for being able to get outside to go for a run or for that matter to, to stand in line at the grocery store. Um, but it, it really gives, I mean, whether you're going for a drive or you're going to play golf, whatever the case may be, you now have four hours to be able to look at what's coming to you. And that just, I think that sense of empowerment of what you can do is fabulous. And then we even have things like um, winter casts rolled out. And this is, um, if you go, for instance, right now in New York and many other places across the country with the cold and the winter temperatures and the snow we've got, it'll literally give you, here's what's gonna be happening um, when we expect the snow to get here, when's the start time and the stop time, what you know time will be the most amount of snow coming. And again, it just gives you the details to be able to make right kind of decisions for you. So I'm really excited about the innovations we're working on. And th these are just ones that are you know, specific to you know our digital properties and the, the new app, your weather app. But I just think there are so many more um, ideas that we're really focused on that we'll be rolling out globally, not just here in the U.S., that, that keeps me really excited about where we're going for the company. Oh, my gosh, there's so much there. You know, it's, it's so fascinating. I don't think people realize that because, you know, I think most people who don't live in New York think New York City is New York. And yeah. it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> there are five different countries in New York the state <laughs> there's new york city uh, then there's long island yeah then there's westchester then there's an obviously up, upstate that no one cares about <laughs> just kidding <laughs> rochester orange like we, we do care sort of um but like and then within new york city it's like you have the five boroughs all of which are like you know terrible stepchildren because they all have their own topography they have their own weather that hits them and it's always fascinating like whenever it snows in new york because the way that they count the snow in new york city is not the way they count the snow in brooklyn it's or true. yeah snow in i grew up on long island and i remember i would always get confused because again i was a weather nerd and very fascinated by these things as a child where i'd be like oh it's like 10 inches of snow in new york city but i'm like oh why did 20 inches of snow outside of my backyard on Long Island <laughs> like because you know different parts of the state just because of temperatures closeness to water all these other factors lead you to having different weather but then it also changes things up because as a kid what do you want a snow day and so when you see the snow and you're like well oh that means that I don't have to go to school and then you're like oh the other kids are like their school bus got stopped in New York City I'm like why did they close their schools? Because like they only had a three inches of snow when this started versus our eight inches that we had on Long Island. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's just fascinating to see because, you know, it changes so much how people have to plan their days. And, you know, now with COVID and like how much time can you actually spend outside before it gets dark? Uh, because it's like, okay, do I really want to be out when everyone's wearing a mask? Am I not wearing a mask? And like, 4 p.m. versus, you know, 6 p.m. Like, there was a period here last fall where it was, like, getting dark at, like, 3.45. And everyone was, like, losing their minds. So, you're like, I can't deal with it being this, like, dark at sub 5 p.m. So, it, it, it all those, like, things to know, like, okay, you have this four-hour window of sunlight, go outside, um, becomes so important. So, that's just awesomely fascinating stuff. 
No, I, I, I listen, I, I could talk about that kind of stuff for a long time. And I'm glad you're, you're, you're also a weather enthusiast, if you will. But I, it's just amazing how, you know, when you, you, you tell the story of the snow and how even with my, my daughter here in the city, how, you know, she was so excited literally last week or so, which they actually gave them all a snow day. And she was like, oh, my gosh, like it was just the delight of having a snow day. And in New York, they don't get it very often, but any place, I should say. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just like yikes what are you gonna do okay sure (laughs) um because like but yeah for you how's that been navigating so you got our our, like remote or like did you go back to school how did you navigate that universe yeah no I, I I really feel for all the schools that's for sure so we were she was lucky they they um kind of cautiously went into it and they um have the school so the the freshmen and sophomores in high school go back one week and then the junior and seniors go back the other week so they flip-flop but all the younger kids they're going in every week um which I think is really helpful for them because they really need some of that more um time and so they've tried to spread them all out but I know my daughter um she, she's really ready to be back into the the real world if you will and, and really getting to spend time with friends because she's um I don't know how many kids in high school want to be hanging out with their parents as much as she's gotten through this last year so (laughs) she's like this is not what I planned for (laughs) um but yeah it's just it's been you know all my friends with kids I'm like I am so sorry Uh, like I can't even imagine the the nightmare on so many different sides so, you know, thinking about all the stuff that you've done and like the kind of really awesome experiences you've had to have throughout your career, what do you think you'd tell 25-year-old Michelle? Oh, my gosh. Um, 25-year-old Michelle. You know, I, I'm, I would probably tell two things. Um, one, I would... I would encourage anyone 25, encourage myself to ask more questions. And what I mean by that is I feel like when you're 25, like you're not even quite sure what to ask yet. And so I think it's about spreading the wealth, like ask questions of your peers, go to some senior colleagues. Yes, go to some executives if you can. And you can even say, listen, I'm not even sure what to ask you, but I know I need to be learning more. And so and it's really about how can you learn more about, you know, the role that you have, the the company that you're with, the industry that you're in. And I, I would say, encourage them to really ask more questions. Cause I think sometimes when you're 25, you know, you, you don't feel like you have a seat at the table. You feel like you're in the back row, if you will. Um, back when we actually had conference rooms where some people were in the back row. Um, and so I would say, I would encourage them to ask questions. The other thing I'd ha- I, number two, I'd have to say is I would really encourage people to start informational interviews or networking. And I'm not saying that, and I guess it kind of ties back to asking questions. It's just kind of a format, but it's not about looking for your next job because honestly you want to be doing this and have comfort here before you even decide to go look for a new job. But it's, again, it's really about how can you learn more um, how can you, you know, increase your understanding, but do it in a really nice way with people in a variety of different roles. And so that could be, you know, you know, back in your, even in college, when you're saying, listen, your friend's parent does a, a job, listen, I'd love to understand, how did you get into that job? And what do you do day to day? And how would you recommend I get there? And even if it isn't what you want to do specifically, at least gives you insights on how to think about, gosh, what what should I consider when going for a job? Or what, what kind of industry do I want to work in? Because I think so many of us have ideas of what these jobs or roles or companies may do. But until you get in there, you don't 
you don't know enough. And so it helps you to really think about what feels right for you, as well as to learn more about the opportunity in front of you so you can grow in your own role or grow in your own um, company. And so to me, I feel like that's, you know, I'd like to see more people starting those things earlier because I think it will benefit you much more when you certainly are 30 and 35 down the road. Yeah, that is such great advice. And I think so necessary for younger folks to follow. Like, just start out. Just start there. You can you can do this. Yeah. Um, it's so important and so very, very necessary. And so working mom, you know, running running a huge company, um, also navigating kid at home with shit who doesn't want to be at home. <laughs> what in the world are you doing for self care? Uh, well, you know, I, it's, um, you know, I, I really was good and I used to meditate every day and then I don't know, all of a sudden I'm like, why are I meditating anymore? So anyway, so I've got to get back on that bandwagon, I'll tell you. Um, but I, um, I started really trying to go for a walk every morning, which sounds so silly. Um, cause if you live in some place, maybe other than New York, but when COVID kind of hit, like we stayed inside, like we really hunkered down. And so, yeah. Right. And so it was just like, no, I'm not going out. And so now I'm really, I really like taking a morning walk. Like there's something about clearing your head and then you can come back and it's like, maybe it's like you've, I've gone to work if you will. Cause when I come back, like, boom, I start my day. So that's something I really enjoy. And then the other thing um, you may laugh. So my, my daughter, um, is a rower. She's in crew. And so she really said, listen, could we get a rowing machine? Because of course she was stuck in here too. And so we waited and waited and we got signed ourselves up and we finally got the rowing machine when, um, when they could actually make it. And so now I'm actually doing the erg. And so she taught me how to do it. And it's, I must admit, I really kind of like it. And so, um, at first I was a little nervous. I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be super hard, but it's actually, I don't know. I think there's something I, I really, I'm liking it. So that's a new thing I'm trying. You know, that's so funny. Like before the whole world shut down, I was going to the crunch gym down here by my apartment. And it and you know, using the rowing machine was one of my like very therapeutic like things to do because I could just like, okay, but do this for fifteen minutes and like see how far I can go. And it just you know, you you just know your mind just sort of like kinda of kinda of wanders away and you can just like clear your head because you just you don't want to let go. So like yeah that's the only thing you're only that's the only thing you're concentrating on and i'm just going back and forth and then by the time you look up you've got 15 miles like what (laughs) no there is or maybe it's something with the rhythm or whatever but i i I really kind of like it it's just like it is very just like "Ah, i'm gonna do this okay i'm here i'm gonna just go back and forth (laughs) and meanwhile you're getting this great workout like oh my arms feel good after you're done so uh it, it, it that's actually a great suggestion huh yeah and the walks are, are so important like uh, i don't know if you're nearby the park but like it, anytime you can get near a park walk into it i found like just, i'm with you, you like yeah, I, I'm totally with you. We're, we're lucky. We've got Central Park not too far away, as well as Riverside Park. And so to me, I just feel like there's something about seeing a tree or actually I even love walking on the avenues too here. But it just I, I just there's something about being outside. I'm even happy to be bundled up. And I'm actually I've been out in the rain and the snow and everything else. But I, I really I really like that. It's 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 I think it makes you feel like you're part of the world and society versus just being stuck in, inside. Yeah, I mean, because when, you know, March of last year had, and it was basically New York became I Am Legend, the movie, where, like, no one was going outside, like, everything was a ghost town, and it was so scary for, like, that first couple of weeks, 
And then you're like, okay, can I go outside? All yeah. Right. Yeah. So a friend of mine, I we started doing our kind of like daily walks where like nothing was open. There was nobody on the street. If you did see someone, you crossed the street. And like even us, we like walked six feet between the two of us. Uh, but like we got like an hour, hour or two in as just a kind of a daily afternoon walk. And like just to like realize that we were still alive and also see New York as a ghost town. It was very freaky. No, um, I, I love that you did that too, but it's true. It was, it was a little freaky. I'm, it's, it's, it's still not as many, but it's still nice to see people out and that you can feel some of the energy. So that, that I really enjoy. Yeah, I, I think it's funny. Like I, we were think, I was talking to my friend about this the other day and we were talking about how like it went from nobody to people to be a lot of people and like how you could see that like New York was healing. Like the first place that we ever found that was open was Dominic Ansel's bakery and there was oh. a line of people and like I've never had a cronut because like I was like I will refuse to go lay online for food ever but like we walked by and when you came back around on our way back and there was no line like well okay we'll go in there and so whatever like donut uh, almond goodness of goodness they had in the front window I just ordered like four of them go like <laughs> when am I coming back <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I love I that and that is such that is such a place I'm with you like I've always that's a place like you, I don't want to wait in line for two hours for a donut but honestly I the fact that you've had it I'm now going to crave that I want you to know for the next couple of days so it's all I'm going to blame it on you Laura <laughs> I love it okay my bad but it was so good and it was also kind of funny because it was the only place that had a public bathroom because like my friend was like dying in the bathroom and like like all, every restaurant was like no you can get your cocktail to go but you can't come inside to use our bathrooms. And like, they, they had like a whole little ticketing system and somebody again, so we got a ticket, he bought something, go to the bathroom and come out. They clean it and then somebody else will go in. And you're just like, this is, thanks. I'm so glad <laughs> I got, I mean, well, I'm just happy having some almonds infection goodness in the corner. Um, but like, uh, but so like, now Dominic and Ansel will ever have a special place in your heart. Oh my gosh, it so will. Cause like it was the first place that was open. And like, you know, like we went to Adrian's Pizza Bar. It was the first place that had alcohol to go when that was, the, remember when it last first started, it's due to go alcohol. Like, and like, wait, what? I, and it was like the best Stella beer I'd ever had because it was the first one I'd had in like four months. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think that is a consistent story. I have to tell you, one of our little places, I went to go take a walk one evening after work and I got as far as like a half block away and I called my husband. I'm like, one of the little places by us was open. I'm like, I'm going to sit here and have a, a drink and a snack. If you want to come meet me, this is where I am. And sure enough, he showed up like five minutes later. So I, <laughs> it's true. It's absolutely true. It's like, you know, it, it'll be the one good thing I think about all of this, the, the, the stories of like sort of rediscovery in New York um for the people who stayed because i think there's been way too much spoken about the, all the folks who left and all the reasons they left but i do think that there is such a wonderful sort of new york i love new york story for the folks who stayed and like how the city kind of came back to life i, I think you can do a whole podcast series on that i'm with i'm with you laura absolutely it's it, it will it'll be fun to see how it all shakes out uh and then uh Last question for you. Um, do you have a give and or an ask of the audience? This could be anything from, hey, I read a great book, or 
um I think everyone should take some time for themselves and meditate like it can be anything you want maybe you want oh my gosh that's a I love that um you know what it's it's true I I I have even though you suggested it I really need a good book like I I must admit and I think it's because I'm spending you know all day on zoom and so by the end of the day I'm just exhausted and so I really want to read a good book but I want one that's like a fun page turner. Like I don't need a business book or, you know, and I don't need, you know, I just want something that's like a, just a great read. And so that I would love. Cool. And so you want me to give something then too? Sure. Um, well, no, shoot. I shouldn't have even said that. Now I got to think. Um, my, my gift for the day is, um, is I, 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 this a couple years ago, um, Melinda Gates, I, I read this article that she did that she doesn't do a new year's resolution. And instead she picks a word for the year for like a theme and I thought that was really smart. I thought there was something like kind of like like your own like little mantra. And so um, so she does it. I don't know. I didn't look to see if she told everyone what her word is this year, but I told my team. So I'll tell you. But my word this year is thrive. And so I just every time like, you know, you're having a rough day or whatever. It's like so I go back to my word thrive and I'm using that to kind of, you know, make the most of everything. Awesome. I love that. It's funny. Like I did an exercise of like a, like a kind of new year coach thing. A friend of mine was running and you, you have to pick a word and same thing. I, I didn't know what to think of. And I just kind of like, whatever, what the first word that came to my head was forward. I was like, okay. So like, that's my word for the year. And I, 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 love it. I wrote it down and it's like on my wind wall um, in my hallway. And so I walk past the word forward and then I walk past my wind wall and I remember like, okay, we got to get this going. Like, that's the only way we can make this all happen. So I love, I love Thrive too. Like, that's a great, great word. Yeah, no, we both, we both pick good ones. I love those. Well, thank you so awesome. much for having me, Laura. Awesome. So Michelle, it's been such a delight. It's been too long since we've chatted, but it was great to finally catch up with you. Um, I love all the work that you're doing at AccuWeather. We'll send uh, our information in the show notes for folks to check out AccuWeather, work that you're doing, connect with you and all, and suggestions for a book for you to read. So if you get some email, get an email from me, I'm like, hey, these are some suggestions folks that you'll know where they came from. I love it. I love it. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. And thank you so much. And that is our show.